0: Welcome to Elevate, the podcast where we dissect exceptional achievers who are consistently raising the bar personally and professionally to produce extraordinary results in investment real estate and ultimately in their lives. Now, here's your host,
1: Tyler Chesser.
0: Elevate Nation, welcome back. This is Tyler Chesser. I'm so thankful to have you here, and I'm so thankful to be with Dave Thompson. Dave, how are you, sir? Tyler, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Hey, absolutely, man. I'm really excited to have you on the show today. Good and to I'm here. excited to welcome back Elevate Nation and all of our new listeners. Because, you know, if you haven't been here yet, this is the show where we identify and apply how the best of the best are really raising the bar to achieve greatness in real estate and ultimately in their lives. And it's a masterclass. You know, this is for leaders and those looking to achieve uncommon results and purposeful outcomes through real estate investing and ultimately mm-hmm. in their life. And if you appreciate what we're doing, we would appreciate if you subscribe to the show, if you give us a rating, a review, you know, share it with a friend because, you know, there's a lot of people who are excited about our message. And I think that we really are making a big difference. And that's why we're spending time doing this. And that's why we're spending time with with great folks like Dave to really share that message and to really, you know, up-level each other as well as, you know, raise the bar for someone else. So uh, I wanted to um, go ahead and introduce you to Dave and we'll get started here and have some fun. So, uh, so Dave is the founder and CEO of Thompson Investing that helps passive investors with opportunities in value-add multifamily, self-storage, and mobile home parks. He syndicates and co-sponsors deals and currently has 30-plus deals across the United States. They have raised over $120 million from investors in the past three and a half years since he started the business. And he's also active in the thought leadership uh, arena with blogs, speaking events, and the author of two events. Uh, I'm sorry, of two books. And, um, you know, that's where Dave and I really met was kind of uh, doing some speaking stuff up in uh, Minnesota. And we had a lot of fun sharing the stage a couple times. So, uh, So Dave, thank you so much again for being here and I always think it's funny, you know, we talk about these bios and we're always, you know, we're really proud of our bios and our accomplishments, but I'd like to know more about Dave behind the bio. Like, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Sure, well, uh, so, you
1: know, I got into real estate, I think kind of late compared to some of the, <laughs> the peers I'm, I'm hanging around with, you know, in the late twenties and early thirties. I, uh, I, you know, of course had bought a, a house before and, uh, and, and, but I really didn't get going into the real estate in a big way. maybe 2012. And that was just from some rental properties, uh, single family rental properties in the area, which is, I think a way a lot of people get going. I, I spent about 20 years, uh, Tyler in the, in the corporate world, um, went to graduate school and, and, um, and got into high tech and, and worked for companies like AT&T and Dell, and that got me down here in Texas uh, with Dell in '97. Uh, I fortunately landed in a town that's been uh, on fire in real estate, Austin, Texas. And uh, you know, we we knew it was a great town when we came here. You know, it was a low cost of living and a friendly environment, and you know, tax friendly and, and business friendly. I'm like, hmm, so if you can't make it here, you probably can't. Make it. I guess they say it in New York like that, but I didn't it's like the opposite in New York. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, can't make it and so, um, you know, we, we, we did the corporate uh, role for quite a while. Um, uh, I got some great responsibility, great, great uh, travel, and it was a lot of fun, but uh, it was a little long in the tooth. Um, I probably discovered that, well, I discovered that a lot of times along the way in my career, but, you know, having a, a family and, and responsibilities, um, I probably, you know, I definitely shied away from taking any kind of entrepreneurial leap. Uh, early on, and it shouldn 't prevent you from doing that, but um, you know we were doing well, making good income. Uh, my wife and, and I were pretty good savers and investors, so we didn 't feel like the sudden need to to uh, alleviate from that uh, or, or divert from that path at any time but in about two thousand and twelve, we had a friend of ours that was into real estate she was a a, she, a broker agent and also was buying a lot of her own homes and uh, just uh, really got said, you need to be doing some real estate. <laughs> so finally, uh, and I had had one bad experience uh, earlier on uh, and, and you had heard about this growing up about, you, you know, uh, landlording is hard and you know, why would you want to do that kind of stuff? So that, that kind of put off the, the show for quite a while. But when we got involved in 2012, I started buying up to single family, but about 2015, I realized a couple of things were challenging. One is, yeah, we had a handful of homes. We're going in that direction, but it didn't scale well. I always needed to save a lot of money to go buy something else. I still I still needed my corporate job. I still needed my W-2. <laughs> and I was like, well, wait, that's not, you know, and the prices were going up, right? So every year, if I could buy a house or two, uh, you know, it's going to be more expensive. So uh, kids were getting older. Uh, I had one go to UT here in Austin and one was a, a senior in high school. And I was like, you know, they, they're independent. It's a great time. Great time to maybe do something else. And we got some new management folks uh, at work where I was at with a different direction. I'm like, this might be a good time. This might be a good time to change. Um, we had enough going on, but I met, I met a guy named Joe Fairless and I think a lot of people know Joe in the community. I know you and I know Joe. Um, uh, and at that time i met him at just the right time cause I was looking to scale up. I was looking for a mentor. Um, but the mentoring program I joined with him was more about teaching me how to go buy apartments. Um, I, I did that with him for about three months. I was doing his training program, and I just chucked it. After three months, I'm like, not that I wasn't learning anything, but I realized it was going to be an interesting business. It was going to be a complex, more complex than I thought, and it was going to involve partners and you know, nothing like you can go do it on your own. right? But one thing that stuck in my mind was the word syndication. You know, and using other people's money to help go, you know, purchase these bigger assets. And um, I just decided one day to join him. <laughs> I told him, I said, you know, and, he, and I asked him how I could help him. Uh, you hear this a lot, you know, how can I help you, you know, just to get something started without asking for much. Um, and it was at that time that I decided uh, I would just, hey, how can I help you? And he said, you're going to need to raise, I need some some capital. I need some capital for this 8 million. I need $8 million. For the- <laughs> he goes, you're going to need to get some experience. I said, well, okay, I'll try this role. Um, and that just took off and I just kept doing more deals with him and then branched off. So, you know, my background is a uh, fairly recent real estate. Really? I mean, you know, buying something it's in 2012, really. And then syndication and big time commercial investing probably started that in 2015, 16, you know, we're here in 2019 and you know, three years later we've, you know, we we've, we're over a hundred million in assets. And uh, as far as what we've collected for investors and working with investors and um, lots of 30, 30 something syndication. So it, I think, I guess I'll stop here, but the message is you can start late <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, you could do pretty dramatic things in a short period of time. If, if, if you meet the right people uh, situations, right. But you're, I think most importantly, you're, you know, I, I was Pat, Harry, I was passionate enough. I already bit the, got bit with some of the real estate and what it could do for you right no so. that's
0: awesome thanks for thanks for sharing that i mean you kind of you're a great storyteller you know sometimes it's like you got to pull it out of people so i always appreciate when it's like hey <laughs> is it really over? Took us. <laughs> yeah i think we're done now so thanks for listening yeah. so, it was great uh,
1: you guys have a good weekend okay.
0: <laughs> no but i really appreciate that because it really gives context in terms of your journey i mean a lot of people can relate yeah. to the whole journey of s- certainly spending a lot of time in the corporate world and and doing it the right way, you're saving, you're, you're building yeah. your wealth and kind of, you know, you're acquiring assets, whether it's single family mm-hmm. homes or whatever it may be. A lot of people right. are in that space and it's mm-hmm. like, you know, and, and then you can start to say, well, wait a minute, does this actually make sense?
1: Yeah. Um, at yeah. least
0: I, that's kind of how I, I, I came across that myself when I was in the corporate yeah. world. I was like, man, wow, I'm, I, this actually isn't getting me completely where I want to be. And there's actually mm-hmm. some different avenues. Um, but kind of fast forwarding for you to the point where you, you met Joe and you started to learn about acquiring these assets as a syndicator, but then you found that, Hey, you know what, there's actually this pretty significant role that I can play Mm -hmm. as a money raiser. And one of the things that struck me so quickly about you is like, you're the type of guy who can build relationships very quickly. You're, you're Mm -hmm. very fun, but you're also very knowledgeable and you're somebody that people have confidence in. So I'd be curious Mm -hmm. to know, Um, you know, what, what type of qualities do you think have, have been able to make you successful as a, as a capital raiser, as a private equity provider, um, for these deals?
1: Yeah, that's a great question because I think I can add some value to that too because, you know, there might be some misconception that I'm hanging out at yacht clubs and, you know, I know all the money people and and, and I'm connected (laughs) that way, which I'm really not. Uh, I didn't grow up poor or anything and certainly not that, but I mean just, you know, above middle class maybe. Uh, But, you know, really what I think was interesting is I grew up with three older sisters. I had no brothers uh, and I was the youngest. And and so when I was a teenager, I I distinctly remember – that, um, I, I was, I was kind of shy, you know, not, not overly shy, but kind of shy. And you wouldn't have a uh, marketing and, and definitely not a sales role would have been in my mind at all. And I don't, I really don't feel like it's a sales role I'm doing now, but definitely marketing or something like that. Uh, when I got out of, uh, well, when I got through college, I bartended my way through school. As soon as I started bartending, at that time I was 18 years old in Arizona. So that's pretty young person. Right. Uh, and, but you know, you really had to talk to people at the bar. Right. And, and so that, that, that was going direct, to directly affect your tips and here it goes. So I learned pretty quickly how to start conversations and just to develop rapport with people, which is really just underst- asking questions about them and not like interrogating them, but asking questions and trying to find some way or something that you can relate to. Uh, hey, you know, where'd you, you know, where you grew up. Oh yeah, I used to live there. You know, just anything that can start a conversation. So rapport building, I think was something that, um, you know, I did throughout college and that, in that particular, um, job. And that was helpful. So anything where you're customer facing, I think you guys, you gotta think to yourself, those are skills you're building that are transferable and are important in this business. The second thing that was a failure, Tyler, I, when I got out of school with my first degree was financial planning. Okay, now you can say financial planning, he likes investments, he likes finance. So yeah, I think you have something interested in investments, you like people. But when I came out, there was a recession. I couldn't get a job. I had a degree in finance and so financial planning and I was like, that's a very entrepreneurial job. So a life insurance company, a big life insurance company said that, hey, we'll, we'll pay you a salary, but it's a draw. <laughs> you gotta go out and sell whole life insurance and disability insurance. Hey, very important to someone's portfolio. I get it. But when you're 22 years old or 23 and you're, you're thinking investments and something sexy, it's like, oh. And so I would cold call people. I hate it. After six months, I quit. i like, I can't take it anymore. It's terrible. I'm going to go to graduate school. <laughs> so <laughs> I went that way. I went the corporate route, but I, I felt bad um, a little bit. I know internally I felt bad because, like, man, I really do like finance. I like investments, and I'm giving that up. I'm just going to go the corporate route. Not that I could have done that, which I actually had a stint and. Managing money at, at, at lucent Technology, but along the way, I'm like to put those things together, and then later in life, I cut to put this on the shelf, and then later in life, uh, when I started doing the capital raising, I realized, you know, it wasn't really about selling. In fact, if I was selling, if I had selling skills or that background, I might, I, maybe, I'm going to come across as not genuine. I don't know, but people always say you seem so genuine. Genuine. You seem knowledgeable. You're just asking, you know, I'm asking you questions. You're answering the questions I have. Um, you're offering up things that I, would, I didn't think about. And if the person's ready to go, great. I'll show you how to get in. If it's not, it's not a big deal. I was just trying to develop relationship with you and educate you. So yeah. my whole, the, the, when I look back at my life, I never gave up com- completely on those skills. But I, re- when I, when people ask me, well, how are you so successful raising capital? I'm like, I think I married up the things that I really like to do. I like talking to people. I like educating people. I had a family that I guess of t- teachers. All my mom and sisters teach in some capacity. But I, I think that that's it. Um, you know, we're not here to, to – the deals are nice. The deals are good. Uh, they just – people just aren't exposed to these opportunities because we're so um, marketed to death for stocks and bonds and these types of things. But no one yeah. really educates you that you can invest in apartments or sell storage or mobile home parks or yeah, how do you even – think about investing in that what is that who invests in that and so we're here to bridge that gap you know so I guess that I guess that you know having some failures but knowing that passion if you really like something you're, you're going to come back to it <laughs> and I guess I think maybe I gave up too early on it like I just took a route and I'm like and then I got married had kids and I was like this is a comfortable route and if I look back I did it 20 years I think I did it I really I re- never regret stuff, but I'm like, man, I, I think maybe a little earlier. I could have I cut out, um, but I didn't have – I wasn't at that time in my life thinking about syndication. I wasn't thinking about mentors that could help me in that space. I wasn't – you know, 2012. I was just starting to get into investing, right? So all things happen for a reason, I suppose. But, you know, at the end of the day, um, I would take an inventory of your skills and interests and passions and kind of think about – you know what can you weave together around that and if you start doing something you'll know it naturally when i started working in this area i didn't know i was going to be any good at it <laughs> it just it was just like natural i get up and i was you know just kept i kept at it all day and in the evenings and my wife would look at me like you know what's wrong with you, you never do that in the corporate world as much <laughs> It's like, well, I worked hard. I was a good, I was a good employee, but when you have your own business and you realize that you're doing, you're doing something that's not work to you, like you're in the flow, like Mm -hmm. Tyler, right? You're doing something. Might be the podcast. Mm -hmm. It might be something that you really love, real estate. Might be something. But if you're in the flow, right? Oh yeah. You could go on. You could just keep going. Someone has to pull you out and stop you. (laughs) Like, hey, time to go to bed.
0: Well, I get in the flow when I think of, you know, just the limitless opportunities, you know, I mean, there's so many opportunities out there for us as real estate practitioners or people who are just committed to raising the bar and drawing that line in the sand and saying, look, I'm not going to live this ordinary life. I mean, yeah. you know, when I think of that, I, that's when I get in the flow. And of course, I have certain passions and skills that transcend others. But I, I love the thought of, you know, you know, developing, you know, taking inventory of your own skills and following those mm-hmm. passions. And then not giving up on it and saying, look, it's never yeah. too late for me to take that route. And I also love the mindset shift that you mentioned there. It's like, hey, it's not sales. It's actually education and mm-hmm. access to opportunities. You know, It's like, hey, I'm not pushing anything on you if you don't want to be yeah. a part of this. Of that's course, right. that's totally your, your call. Right. But you're, you're providing these opportunities. You're sort of connecting folks yeah. to what you would also agree is a, a better opportunity. And you yeah. probably say, hey, look, you know, this is a long-term relationship and, you know, I'd yeah. love for you to be successful yeah. in it. And if you don't feel like you're going to be successful in it, please, you know, don't, don't do it, you know, yeah. but, uh, that's right. I really that's like right. that. You know, it's a, it's a yeah. quick shift, you know?
1: Yeah. And it's a huge shift because for like 20 years, I wouldn't, if you would have told me, Hey, good day. This is a market. If Joe would have told me this, you're going to go market and sell my deal. I, I probably would just say that. Okay. Uh, maybe this isn't for me. Either. <laughs> he never said that. In fact, one thing we will talk about maybe later, or just we can just bring it up now is it, the thought of me, you know, how, how do I get these people to come in? I mean, okay, you mm-hmm. like talking to people, you like educating, but how do you get in front of them? You know, how does it all that work? And one thing that he taught me uh, early on, and it's huge for me now, I mean, 85%, I think that's kind of where it comes out of every raise for a deal uh, of all the people I'm talking about and getting the deal. Those are return investors, uh, referrals. Mm-hmm. Mm. Those are the greatest ones because they're already going to come at you like, hey, just tell me. I like the deal. Here, here's what I want to invest. You don't even have to explain it to them half the time. Um, those 15% is really where we work. Mm. The 15% is where we're working. And what that work is really is <clears throat> what you're doing, Tyler. You're providing mm-hmm. a format for your listeners to learn. Mm-hmm. So that could be podcasting. It could be uh, I started writing blogs. Mm-hmm. Um, my blogs ended up creating a couple books because you had so many blogs. Like, oh, those are, that's a natural chapter. That's a chapter. Yeah, that's logical. It like, puts that, like, something together. Um, and so, you know, there's a variety of ways to to get your message out there and then people come to your website. You're attracting people. I'm not out there banging on doors. It could be a, a conference. I, we, we spoke together in Minneapolis, right? Got some people that were interested in talking to us about investing there um, or, you know, how we can help them you're, you're also sharing information, how people can help you with their careers. But, you know, by and large, um, that was also, in fact, someone told me some lady who rose, raised at $3 billion. Like oh, wow. she's, she's, working, she's working, she's not working well. She's probably working like REITs and, you know, the big institutional stuff, but that's still mm-hmm. a lot of money. Yeah. And, uh, I didn't attend her webinar. I didn't attend her conference, but someone who went there that knew, um, uh, that went, told me about it. She says the first thing she said is, uh, she said everybody, it was a capital raising seminar. And she said, you know, do you know what the Holy grail is to raising capital? And, and, uh, you know, how how many people would write a blog? I mean, and so it came out like 10%, Even knew what thought leadership was, and she says to me, "That's the holy grail of capital raising," and I I absolutely agree with it. Outside of your return investors and referrals, which is to me the the best, Mm -hmm. the the 15% that new people that keep coming through the door and and, and keeping the the, I just think about it as a pond. You know, it's a stagnant pond if no one's coming in, nothing's getting out, it's just gonna stagnate. But if you got some fresh stuff coming in, fresh, you know, so so that's what I feel that we always have to do, and that's probably where I spend you know a considerable point of my energy. Um, is, uh, making sure I get content out on a regular consistent basis in some form of, and that could be like on bigger pockets. I'll go into apartment forums, uh, and just, you know, answer questions and people see you as credible. Either you're providing a forum, like your podcast to have good guests on, or or you're sharing good information yourself or, but that's huge. That's huge. And that's not, I don't feel like you're selling, right? You're not selling. You're just providing a forum, a format for healthy exchange of views and information that you can take as great or, hey, that's not something that's important to me. Mm -hmm. But that's huge. That's the huge part of that.
0: I like the whole thought process of 85-15, you know, that can be applied to almost probably any business. I mean, especially, you know, if you're looking for deals, I mean, probably 85% of the deals you're going to find are going to be referral or repeat, you know, sort of Mm -hmm. uh, relationships. But if you can really spend your time focusing on, hey, well, where's that 15% of new business coming from? Uh, you know, I think that's, that's your greatest opportunity. But um, what's what a great, um, what a great thought nugget there. So I want to transition. And actually, I want to talk a little bit about, you know, just you as a person, I'm curious to know, was there a moment in your life that you said, Hey, you know what, I'm not going to live this average life. I I plan on doing great things and, and living a life of of abundance and, and, um, you know, outside of the norm, or was it more of a process for you? Did it take the 20 years uh, of going through the corporate, uh, the corporate route to get there or how yeah. did that work for you?
1: Well, I don't think we, I mean, when I first joined uh, some of these companies in the heyday of uh, dot com and what was going on in the stock options and all that stuff, I didn't think we were going be, <laughs> to be doing it as long as we, we would. And then we hit 2000 everything stagnated, you know, nothing mm-hmm. really happened for a decade. Uh, so that was a long decade of, you know, I, I think, I think for me, it was more of a process and time. I was pretty sensitive to the, uh, maybe I wasn't around a lot of people doing entrepreneurial things. And I think I was more around the mindset of, you know, if I, I was gonna work a couple more years and then, and, and, and then I wanted to get, to, I wanted the kids to get, I wanted to pay for their college and get all that said and make sure everything was good. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I just didn't want to pull the plug in the middle of something. So I was not that kind of risk taker. And we, Like I said, we were making a good income. We were good savers and good investors along the way. So we were just focused on when is that point going to be where we could uh, maybe go part-time. There was some discussion, and even in the corporate world, people trying to do these part-time roles, working out of the house. And we certainly moved towards working out of the house a little bit, which is kind of nice, but it's more flexibility. I absolutely – it's funny. I feel like I'm working harder than I ever did. However, I'm having more fun, and I have – just so much more control of my time.
0: Mm-hmm. Like
1: I, I do not meet people if it's two, 10 o'clock or two o'clock, that's my coffee meetup times in Austin, Texas. Cause traffic's not very good here in the morning or evening. So I, that's my, that's my schedule. I'll tell people there's, you know, 10 or two now phone calls I can take, you know, throughout different times. Um, my wife and I just got back from Abu Dhabi and Dubai a whole week, mm. uh, a month before that we were in Iceland and I, I have deals going on. I'm working deals, but um, you know, my role is not intense. I mean, it's not really that intense for a long time. It might be if I'm capital raising, I, I can literally raise the amount I need, maybe in a weekend or one week, and, and then the rest of it's just kind of a you know, maintenance. It's not, uh, mm-hmm. that's another thing I like about it. People have asked me, Hey, why don't you just like be an operator? I'm like, Well, I'm, I'm on the operational team, <laughs> yeah. I have a role, I just don't want to be uh, every day, you know, working with the property. I just that's not me, that's a job, that's a job, and mm-hmm. they're getting paid. Uh, maybe a little bit more and, and great fantastic i don 't want a job I, I I left the corporate world not to have a job I right. wanted some kind of part time it 's actually i spent a lot more time in it but it 's a like i said i 'm having fun um and, and it 's given me opportunities to you know be with my family when I need to take travel trips you know see parents, whatever I need to do anytime mm-hmm. I want to do it i don 't have to to ask anybody can I take time off I love that I don't have to ask oh, anybody awesome. I don't have to you know it's just a really flexible schedule and uh, that's probably more worth it to be me than you know how big the thing is going to get I'm not really over at this point in the career after three and a half years I'm not overly bent on being the biggest and baddest in, in my in my category it's yeah. not I'm, I'm not you know I, we, we put up here like you asked me you know my bio and it's like okay I got 6,000 units or <laughs> That is not when I, every year. That's not my goal. I don't even have goals, really. I mean, th- someone asked me about that on a show, and it's, I don't want to. I don't want to sound like a. But there's, I like there's a lot of focus on goals. Now, here's my my take on it. Uh, my my life has evolved with some kind of mental aspect of where I kind of want this thing to go, and certainly, mm-hmm. a, a quarter or two in advance, maybe I want to try this, or maybe I want to try this. I'm always thinking about the business, but I don't sit down and say, in 12 months from now, I am going to have you know X amount of units, and because I, it's like. I don't want someone to tell me the end of a movie. Mm-hmm. I want somebody to tell me the end of a book. Mm-hmm. I feel like the more structured I am, then it's, it's taking the fun out of life. I feel like it's too structured. So I'm kind of semi-structured. I've got some things I'm focusing on. I know the next, you know, 12, you know, six, 12 months. Here's generally what I would like to be doing. Maybe I want to start a podcast, Tyler, but. I don't have the exact day, exact, all those steps. And I know if yeah. I wanted to, if I wanted to do it, I'm going to, I'll probably talk to you. I'll probably talk to two, two or three other people. And probably in a month or two, I could have something up and running. And it's something in my mind. I'm thinking about that, but I'm not like, I'm not like getting up every morning and saying, hey, yeah, yeah. and so, and some people are different, but I've, I've found that if I'm a little bit more relaxed about it, it's a little bit more fun and interesting. I, I don't want to know the end of the story. I, I want to know that it's evolving. I'm growing. There are some metrics around what I'm doing. Hey, we got so many investors now, the portal's this, I have 110 million investor capital. That's all good stuff for the show. You know, this, otherwise, why you have me on the show? Because well, the guy's got, look what he's done, yeah? You have to have some measurements, but that's not what's driving me, really. It's well,
0: more like the lifestyle. <laughs> are you someone who is looking to seriously elevate your life this year? I mean, now, this year, 2020, because I want to let you know that I am currently opening up a few coaching spots for people like you who want to close the gap from where you are to where you want to be. And I want to invite you to visit coachwithtyler.com. Again, that's coachwithtyler.com. I have to tell you, this is not for everyone. This is only for those who are defiantly committed. Those who are decisive, those who are coachable, those who are resourceful, they're willing to do whatever it takes. They're willing to sacrifice time, energy, and invest resources into themselves to get to where they want to be, to live life at the highest level, and to elevate to a life without limits. Exactly what we talk about on this show. If that is you, I invite you to visit coachwithtyler.com. Again, that's coachwithtyler.com. Yeah. <laughs> the lifestyle. Well, that's what it's all about. I, I do think that's actually one of the big reasons why I started this show is because it is about the lifestyle. You know, yeah. it's about yeah. who you become. It's about you know, what you create, what you give back. And one thing that I've had a shift yeah. on goals recently is about, you know, you don't necessarily always have to be so overly structured with goals. It really is about who you become. It's about the mm-hmm. identity that you cultivate. It's about, you know, yeah. like I, I read Atomic Habits, and I thought it was a super approachable oh, I book. I just
1: got done reading that book. I yeah. was going to share that with you. That's a great. You? James, uh, yeah. Kramer, right? Yeah.
0: Clear. Yeah. 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 Well, I just thought it was so good because it's an extremely approachable book, very basic yeah. um but also profound in that way. you know it was like hey you know i'm I'm voting for you know this quality of of this identity that I believe that I am, and i'm I'm yeah. stepping into the identity of a healthy person or a giving yeah. person or yeah you know someone who who helps other people invest in real estate or whatever it may be. Yes. Instead of just saying, "Hey, you know, I must acquire 1,000 units by ten, seventeen, 20, <laughs> yeah, you know," yeah, what yeah, I mean? yeah. so it's
1: habits, right? It's those are yeah. habits versus just the objective, right? Yeah, yeah, right, right. Yeah. So that I was think a it's a book.
0: It is. And, and it, it actually opened my mind to, to goals as well. So I really appreciate the, uh, the fact that you, you shared that. And also, I really liked your thought there on being relaxed when you think about what it is that you want to accomplish. You know, whether it is a truly specific, structured goal, or if that's not your style, if you're like Dave, it's like, hey, yeah. think about it in a relaxed fashion and, and just know yeah. that it's inevitable. If you have intentions yeah. for what you want yeah. in your life, for what you want your lifestyle to be, you know, it will be created as long as you're, you know, you're committed, you're consistent, and obviously you're responsible. I mean, certainly can't have this great (laughs) lifestyle and just let it all go and just think, you know, everything's going to be okay. But um, I really like those thoughts. Um, yeah. And
1: again, we we listened to the customer. Like we, we, one of the goals we had wasn't even a goal. I just kind of had it in my mind that we, we need to have something to organize the investments, like a portal for the investors. Yep. <laughs> and so we started thinking about that and talking to people and, and finally, you know, we got that. So yeah, I think listening to your, uh, whoever your clients or your customers are, they'll probably tell you what you should be focused on. <laughs> you yep. know, that's a little, that's a little interesting one. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no doubt good. about that. So very tell good. me about what do you, um, so obviously you, you've said no to a lot of things. Um, I like your thought about, Hey, look, I, I do coffee meetings at 10 and two because of <laughs> the lifestyle that you're trying to create. Yeah. Uh, but what, what else, I mean, what, what kind of things do you typically say no to, or do you have a process of evaluating certain things and making those yeah. type of decisions to protect your own time?
1: Sure. Uh, well, we have a reputation for raising capital, So we do have a lot of people that want to share us their deals Mm-hmm. And, and say, Hey, you know, what do you think? And, and one of the things I've, you know, I think if you develop some structure on it like this is like, you never want to be rude to anybody. Hey, thanks for coming. Uh, you know, I appreciate it. But you know, maybe it's a bad time for you to evaluate or it's most of the time it takes a lot of energy to evaluate who I got to evaluate mm-hmm. you. You're coming to me. I don't really know you. Yeah. I got to evaluate, evaluate your market. I don't know your market, right? I got to evaluate your deal, maybe a niche. that I don't, So it would be, I would kind of just have that discussion with them. and says, you know, really what I look for is long-term partnerships. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm in these spaces. I have these partners. I tended to deal after deal with them because they're in certain markets that they know their criteria doesn't change too much. It helps my decision-making. I can make decisions quicker. I can meet them at the property. I don't have to do a lot of vetting a view the market and the deal it's too much energy i don't have a lot of time for that um, now it doesn't mean i'll never do that i, I may enter, enter another niche that i like but it's going to be slower and methodical i'll probably mm-hmm. start blogging about it um, in advance so my my investors don't think that i just got up one day and decided i want to go you know invest in tiddlywinks or something you know i think it's important for your investors <laughs> to know that dave's pretty well you know, I have this book, right? Riches and Niches. We'll talk about maybe at the end, but yep. it talks about why we're in the three niches. Well, there's there's good research around. These are the three top commercial performing uh, real estate niches over the last 25 years. This is how they held up. They were the top three that held up in the downturns. So they do good now, you know. And so, it would be crazy. I mean, now I do have a deal out there right now. It's totally different from real estate, but I I was very purposeful when I put that out. I said this may not be for everybody on my distribution. This may be for someone who's got an appetite for something a little bit different. That's fine. But again, that was well researched. It's with a partner that I already do deals with. So it's not like you have to learn about a new partner, a new market, a new that. It was but it was it was strange enough for people to, you know, a lot of interest, but you know, the people who are cautious. So I'm I'm aware, I get feedback on that. I'm like, okay, well, I think I have no problem going that direction. But that's exactly the feedback I thought would happen. Like it's, you know, I don't. If I had all my investors just go that direction, <laughs> now I'm thinking, "Oh, you guys, I want you to think." Okay, I want you to right. think. Don't follow day. I want you to that's think. It'll and- work for everybody. Here. Yeah. Right. I get your feedback too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that would be it. I think you, you know, it's easy to get excited when things are going well, and mm-hmm. then to everything becomes an opportunity. And you hear that a lot, too. Kind of stay focused on what you're really good at. If you want to go in another direction, make sure it's well thought out. Make sure it's well messaged, especially if you have an investor base. And so they don't think you're just, you know, you're, you're not a person to be trusted with. What you're telling me in a book, is why you focus on these markets, it doesn't mean I couldn't invest in something else. Oftentimes, if I invest in something else that's different, it will be with my own personal capital first, too. Like, mm-hmm. I, I want to see in a small amount. Like, I, I want to see... You know, I invested in a hemp farm. I may invest, I invest in something else over here, like a, a tort fund. I mean, just different things. But I'm interested in learning the process yep. and seeing if it would be something down the road my investors may be involved with. But it, it's going to be after I've got some exposure to it. Mm -hmm. And then I may not because I'm like, that's too bounces around. There's too many weather issues affects crops. I didn't even think about, well, I thought about that, but
0: it can really devastate the crop. (laughs) I don't want it It pays no dividend, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think I I really like the distinction of, um, you know, sort of making your decisions based on those long-term partnerships. It's like, Hey, if I'm going to look at this opportunity, you know, I do have sort of these plate, you know, these, these established relationships that I really trust these people. (laughs) Yeah. And I think it's a great distinction for folks who are maybe even trying to build a relationship with someone like yourself is to say, Mm. you know what, you should be focusing on the long term relationship before you are trying to convert on a business opportunity. You know, it's like, yeah, just get develop that trust and develop that, Mm. you know, the true care with each other before you're trying to capitalize on a relationship. And that's that's something that I really like keep going back to is like, just deposit into your relationships and don't expect anything in return. If something comes, that's amazing. But don't expect it. You know,
1: there's a, there, that's a great point. There is a, um, a legal reason. Uh, we call it the cooling off period, but it, it's a, it's a smart way to do business in general. Uh, because the worst thing, the problem with a transactional deal, you get the email, Here's a transaction. I don't even know who you are and how you came to me. Right. Uh, would you evaluate made my deal or can you get some time? It's too emotional. When you have a deal in front of you, you've got to get the deal done or you want to get the deal done. Everything goes out the window. You're emotional. Just like when you you meet someone in a restaurant, you're single, you know, (laughs) you're not really thinking about, does this person make sense with you? Right. It's just crazy. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I I think to me, um, it's like that too. It's a little bit of, of an affront. Uh, it's a little bit emotional and I would rather just, if I meet somebody in a multi-family meetup situation or someone, we're just talking real estate and it comes along, Hey Dave, you syndicate. Someone told me to syndicate. Um, do you have any deals? Said, let's do this. Let's slow it down. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, let's slow it down. Let me uh, get your business card. I'll send you an, an, an overview email, what we do and who, what we're about. Mm-hmm. And then if you like that, let's book some time. That would be mm-hmm. one step, maybe a week or two later. I get a call with them. I get to learn about them, what experiences they have, where they're from, what their job is. They have family, kids, what are their goals? 30 minutes. And then I learn a lot about them. I'm an accredited investor. I've, I've, done, I've done one syndication deal. I love syndication. I want to do more deals. Um, I really like apartments. Um, I'm living in Texas, so maybe like, I don't know. But I mm-hmm. can learn a lot. And then what I would do is, even if I had a live deal, Legally, I can't show it to them and I won't because it doesn't make sense from a business standpoint. I will just say, listen, let me send you a closed deal in the market that I think that, you know, you're living in Dallas. I got a closed market deal in Dallas. We did about three months ago. Let me send that to you. Look at that. Uh, and and if you have any questions or I'll, I'll circle back with you in seven, 10 days. I know it sounds like a lot of touch points, but that's the way to do business. I'm developing yep. a relationship multiple times. I met him at a, a meeting. I'm then I I sent, I sent them my introduction. They liked it. This kind of fits them. They sent me a call. We had a call. Then I sent them something else. And, um, you know, that would be an ideal situation. Maybe 30 days later, this is the cooling off. It's now you're cooled off. There's no emotion. Mm -hmm. It's like, I'm now making logical decisions. I like Dave. He looks like he's got good deal flow. He looks like he's dealing with partners. He's vetted. He's investing in his own deal. I learned that he invested in his own deal. He goes to every site. He walks the property with the operator. He looks at the comps. The guy ta- answers every one of my questions. He's really, so I'm building trust too with them. And they're kind of like, hmm. this guy understands what's going on. That can't happen in a, email here's my deal here's who I, i'm like <laughs> what do i
0: even i like wow. almost i yeah. always laugh
1: at those i don't even know where to start i, I often sometimes i don't answer them i i'll be honest i just like it, it may be too many of them but i'm like i just try to understand i don't even know where they're coming from like how do you come to me like so it's like is this like a spam mail like i don't even, like it's not even an introduction hey I, I met tyler and he said you're doing this that's even that's a, a good try that's a good start you know but i don't even yeah. know some people just show up
0: <laughs> Dave, like, you're talking about your hard tool. work here man this is not this is not quick i mean come on you can't just click a few buttons and it's done i mean and i've just, been there i've been yeah. there
1: i have a deal and i need five hundred thousand. It closes in two weeks and <laughs> my biggest investor just decided he wasn't gonna get liquid in time and i've been there i know but it's you you know you just it's it's you can't be in an emotional state because then mm-hmm. I start selling. Then I'll start selling yeah. like I'm selling. Yeah. And that, I, I know exactly what happens. It just, you're, you're just going to be like, wait a second. <laughs> and it's not hardcore. It's just, you could just pick up on words like, yeah. I'm in a hurry. I got to get this done and I just need the capital.
0: <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Give me the well, questions later to, after we close. <laughs> you're just trying to educate quicker, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's yeah. just
1: speed the process up. So the best time to network is between deals, really. That, that would mm-hmm. be ideal. Wow.
0: Tell me about a failure. I mean, has there been oh, any any substantial failures that you've experienced uh, along the well, way here?
1: Yeah, the first year in, in the syndication business, I didn't make any money. And you're like, well, how did that happen? You, it seemed like you got out of the gate fast, which I did. I did three or four deals. The very first deal um, I worked on with this, the, the, the operator, um, uh, I got uh, I got caught up in a phishing scheme, these online things. And uh, he had sent yeah. me an email with the wiring instructions I'd sent to my 13 investors, my first million dollar raise. i and this is, we've changed all these processes since. This is the first one. He's on Gmail. I'm on Yahoo. We don't even, we don't even have our, I, my office, I don't even have anything, you know, set up to, to do an extra screen like Office 365 does a pretty good job. And then he sends me an email. It looked like it came from him. And someone intercepted that. And it, 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 later on, I looked at it. There was a late letter transposed, kind of a phishing scheme. Someone was following us and um, his real email instructions went into my junk folder. I never saw it. I saw it a bogus email with bogus wiring instructions, emailed that to my 13 investors. Uh, Fortunately or unfortunately, I say fortunately now, at the time it was unfortunate, four of those people had already wired the money to the account and was gone, $225,000. So I worked with my, well, first of all, I worked in corporate American operations, so I knew not to panic. But I remember exactly in my house where I was standing, almost what I was wearing. I I just remember like that day, like when Elvis died for me. Like, well, I remember I was was, (laughs) (laughs) almost, just remember certain things in your life, like where where you were. And that one I'll never forget. Uh, Fortunately, I emailed the other nine investors and said, we have some new information. So they never knew anything. The four investors, I immediately said, we're covering you. Do not worry about it. And they wanted to know about the process and how it all happened. Of course, we'll get that information to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did talk, end up talking to the FBI. I, tried, I learned a lot about this process, but there is no FDIC protection for wire fraud or wire <laughs> Right. And it kills you. But what did that happen? We've changed the processes since I don't even handle that anymore. It's a, you know, we're all doing it on DocuSign. We're doing everything. i if people, so I coach people today, like this is, you need to understand a little bit about the backend. I never want this happening. It's happens a lot with title companies and, and things mm-hmm. like that. And, and that's a lot of money, but anyway, so $225,000 came out of our pocket. Uh, and the the, guess, the good news story is this one. We got really good at how, how, to, <laughs> how not to have that happen again. I've been on podcasts before telling people uh, about it and how to do it. Right. Um, and then the third thing is that investment we've since sold in two years, 52% return, all those four investors, everybody made money. Three of those four investors have invested again with us. And one, That's I think awesome. just the situation wasn't there. So we, it, several of those investors, those three investors, multiple deals. So we, you know, you can have a failure and it could be pretty devastating. And I never thought once about quitting. Never. People ask me like, man, that would have, if I lost $225,000 in my first, you know, like I'm I'm going backwards here. (laughs) I'm like, never thought about that. I was upset. Uh, I thought we should have had a better corporate processes and controls in place. Why am I the guinea? But you know, it it is what it was. We, We covered the investor. We took care of the investor first. That's the number one thing. Take care of the customer. We'll figure out on the back end, and my earnings you know over the next two or three deals. We, we both the operator and I split that, and then we kind of came whole after about three deals. But my first year, I really didn't make any money in the in the, in the deal. But it never dawned on me. I was adding investors every deal, and I was growing those investors, and they're in good deals. Both we've had two of those three that first year closed for for good returns, and. And so, yeah, I mean, you can have some bad stuff happen. And that was the worst thing that happened. And that was the first deal, my first one, <laughs> my first deal. And I almost got, not, you know, I was like, I'm going to a lot of people out of the park. I, I guess the good news was, what if it was 13 investors and in a million bucks? I don't know if he would have been able to do it. Um, right. Lot of, we would have had to figure something out um that would have been a big recovery so do you think
0: that there was like some reason that this happened to you or i mean is there something that wow. you gleaned from this that um that really kind of set you up for a later success or or is it just like you know what it is what it is this these kind of things happen i'm just curious i don't know if you've had any sort of uh you know thought process on this since
1: i think i i just knew i was in my um well, I'd only done one deal, so I didn't know I was in my element. When, when Joe said, you, re, you know, we started out at a $500,000 target, got to a million. And I remember when Joe said, that's phenomenal. Like, I don't have anybody I work with. and He hadn't been doing it a long time. But I can tell you, I coach people today, and uh, not, not to boast or anything, but I didn't know at the time how significant it was. It's hard to raise a million dollars on your first try or even mm-hmm. – even after several tries and some people never get to a million. I I think it's coachable to get people there at some point, but, um, you know, thought leadership all the things we talked about. I think when I look back on that, I just must've really been in love with what I was doing. I must've really found this could be something really cool. And I knew that that mistake was correctable. Mm-hmm. It wasn't going to be like, I'm going to, that, that mistake could happen any time. I'm going to, no, I And we did some pretty stupid things. And when I look back on it, we, it's only you know, three or four things could have been prevented. Um, and, 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 but uh, yeah, I think I was just in my calling. When you're, you're in your calling, I mean, I don't know, whatever you, you, you repair motorcycles and you love it, I, I whatever you do, if you're in your element and something really bad happens, you don't think about quitting. You just don't. It's just yeah. never even dawned. On. I mean, I think that's the powerful message. I never, mm-hmm. I would have thrown. I think a lot of people just would would have just said, "This is not worth it. I'm not going to yeah. handle people's money. Forget that. There's no way around it. I'm ne- I never thought about that. I felt, oh, I feel really bad for my investors." I feel bad about it happened to them, but you're going to be whole. Okay. And Mm -hmm. fortunately the deal worked out. The deals have done well. Most of our, I haven't had any really big, I haven't had any deals that have blown up yet. Knock on wood. I mean, we haven't, you were asking me what would be, you know, I know we're going to have some deals that are going to be challenging. Of course. um, But as long as we, you know, we can work our way out of them. I
0: think that's good. Yeah. Uh, I think there's so much wisdom, though, in the fact that it's like, okay, it happened. Some A bad problem happened. Now, here's how we're going to you know. deal with it. It's the immediate, like, even as you were telling that story, you're like, okay, we're going to fix it. We're going to make it mm-hmm. happen. And yeah. we're going to cover this. It's all good. And um, yeah, I mean, I think that's the mentality you got to have. It's like, expect that problems will happen. It's not all yeah. going to be rosy. It's not all going to sound exactly like it does in a podcast. It's not that's all going right. to be exactly <clears throat> what you read in a book. And you're going to get knocked down. You're going to get bloodied. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's, there's a solution for everything. And one thing that I really sticks out to me is like, when a problem happens, it's testing your commitment. Cause you said yeah. you wanted an uncommon life. You said you wanted something great, yeah. but now you're being tested. Do you really want it? Now you got to keep going through yeah. this. So, yeah. um, I, yeah. I think it's really cool. Cause when you told that story, it was just, it was almost like exactly how you acted. Where it was like, Hey, look, it, it is what it is now. Let's just solve it now. Not that it yeah. was easy. By yeah. Any means. I was reading, a,
1: we'll get to this, maybe a, yep. there's a book called The Second Mountain. We both like books. Yep. Uh, the first mountain you're climbing is a job, and then the second mountain is kind of your vocation, your calling, what you should be doing. Um, mm-hmm. And a job, I think some of the difficulties you find is, okay, now it's a job. Oh, that happened. It's a terrible job. Now this job's getting worse. I really <laughs> hate this job. Yeah. <laughs> and when it's a vocation. It just doesn't, it doesn't really you know, you want to go after challenges. First of all, you want challenges and, you know, the, the give yep. back now, now you're getting into this situation where you've get, you made your money, you, you you got your respect or whatever you want in that first mountain. But now the second mountain is about community. It's about family. It's about giving back. Cause, mm. And then those, those kind of vocation, those aspirational things, uh, and you want to be striving. You do want to be striving. We talk maybe the goals, whatever, whatever works for you, but mm-hmm. you should, be striving and challenge. I think the human dimension is you can't wake up. Listen, right now I could quit, probably not do another syndication and maybe not have to worry too much about money for a while. Right. But I think what do I do? I don't know what I do. So you, you want to be doing something. And if it comes to the point where it's not fun anymore, then go find another vocation. But you, you need to be doing some things that really energize you and are really passionate about. And uh, it takes a while to find that took me mm-hmm. a while to kind of find the intersections of several disciplines to say, gosh, I did who knows? And when I did the Briggs Stratton test, what is it? Brig Myers test? Myers Briggs. I'm going to go, Brian Myers Briggs. You know, yeah. I look at all these things and like I married four or five things together to choose a major, you know? And, and then, uh, so, so there so many pieces of the puzzle The puzzle could yeah. fit in different ways and different dimensions. And the capital raising was never one of the, one of the, college, one of the, right one of the career choices when i took that test you know but maybe right. it would maybe i maybe they, they you know marrying up some skills that 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 you you, you didn't even know there was a there you didn't even know there was a calling out there for you but you know
0: keep yeah i think you just follow that it. curiosity right you mm-hmm. just continue yeah. to try and keep striving and challenging yourself like mm-hmm. you're talking about i read a yeah. book uh actually earlier this year called psycho cybernetics uh yeah, by yeah. A guy maxwell uh, I believe his uh name is. And, uh, you know, what he talks about is that humans are goal seeking mechanisms. You know, we, we talked about goals differently earlier in terms of, you know, it's kind of about your identity, but it's about striving towards something. Right. Yeah. If you don't, if you're not striving towards something, then, you know, you don't feel that purpose and you don't really thrive as a human being. It can't be easy.
1: Right. I mean, it's gotta be, you gotta have some challenges. You gotta have some failures. You gotta push your limits. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Raise the bar. That's why we talk. That's why we always say, how are we raising the bar and elevate? So, Uh, man you you actually get you gave me a perfect uh transition now into our kind of what i call our rapid fire section yeah yeah it's uh you know it's i call it the rare air questionnaire and it's so perfect (laughs) because you're talking about two mountains and really what this is it's about us scaling the mountaintop you know we're scaling the mountaintop and we're looking for that other mountaintop we're going to continue to climb there's always another mountaintop for us and yeah. Um, you know, the whole purpose behind elevate is that, you know what, when it got challenging, when the wire fraud happened, you know, when mm-hmm. something knocked us down, we didn't give up, we continued to scale that mountain. So, mm-hmm. um, I, have got a few questions in here and I'd be curious okay. um, to know for you, um, what, you know, you, we already talked about one of your favorite books there. I'm uh-huh. curious to know what's the most impactful book uh, that you've read otherwise.
1: You know, uh, on the real estate side, there was a couple books. One was the Cash Flow quadrant yep uh, this kiyosaki so the rich dad poor dad i came back later to read the first one i of his i read a long time ago was cash flow quadrant but it mm-hmm. was that really talked about leveraging uh your time and, and getting into something that uh you, you get there a lot faster I, that was a good one um there was a guy named uh, keller uh so Williams yeah Gary Keller Keller Williams yeah, uh, the multi-millionaire real estate investor. I think that's what it's mm-hmm. called. I read that yep. one. I like that one a lot. It started really, yep. and he's here in Austin and that resonated with me really well. I think I started reading that in the early you know, 2010, 2000, right when I started the, the single family homes. And then I realized he has a section there about, you know, scale and, and all that kind of stuff. I started thinking, you know, I can't have this corporate job for forty years just to buy one or how or two houses. How am I going to get this thing? And as a finance guy, I was kind of not really open and privy to you know syndication and what that meant. You know, I. I mm-hmm. When, when I found that about that, I'm like, man, cause I, when I, when I meet the Joe's in the world, these guys were like, like I said, they were young kids, you know, to me, early thirties, you know, like I, yeah. I, how are they taking down a 320 unit apartment? That's, you know, we're 20 million bucks and they're going to go get $8 million. I was like, you know, I'm trying to find a, you know, go to buy a single family home where, <laughs> you know, how, how do they do that? And I, once I understood the formula and understood that there was a lot of demand for those types of assets and that I could play a role in bringing that capital to them and um, it, it just kind of blows me away. I mean, today we, we will, we'll raise a, a a good chunk of capital for their deals and and, so, and a bunch of other deals, and mm-hmm. uh, I feel like we're important. We're important to to getting that done, you know.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I, I love books because they can spark your ideas like that, that, you know, may, you've may planted the seed, you know, five years before you really started to scale. But yeah. your first thought about scale was planted in the, you know, the appendix of that book, or, you yeah. know, I'm, I'm kind of kidding, yeah. you know, to a certain right. degree, but, but it's so interesting how that happens. I mean, that's yeah. been my experience 100%. So I that's why books, I always ask about books, man.
1: Yeah, I think books and people and, uh, yeah. you know, the universal mind or whatever, you know, get too cosmic here. But, you know, it's yeah. just if you start thinking about, about something all of a sudden remember the, the old analogy they always use if you you go out and buy a new car and and you all of a sudden you start seeing your car you everywhere <laughs> <activator>. yeah <laughs> right yeah uh, and so there is a thing about i'm not saying not goals because that, i think that activates that like the clearer sure. you are about kind of what you want to do but yeah i get overly structured but you know you got to have something in mind and then you know, you will start seeing books or podcasts or TV shows or a movie that resonates with you or, you know, someone comes into your, my favorite thing is someone comes into my life, I don't meet him somewhere. And like, you know, you're the person, uh, you know, whether or not this happens, like the the other day, uh, some guy, some investor of mine went to meet this guy who's in the title company business and he's doing closing for all these big, construction deals here in Austin, right? That guy's very entrepreneurial. He set up, but he told me he set up title company. I get paid on commission, totally different concept. So he's, he's out there talking to all the big developers in town, trying to get them to close the deals with him. And so he's all connected. So he has a coffee with me. I'm unassuming. I'm just thinking this guy, I'm just talking to this guy. I had no idea about this guy. And he goes, do you know this guy? And his name was Robert Lee. And he ends up being a pretty big developer here in Austin. And he's building attainable housing, like apartments in condos. I'm like, yeah, we do affordable housing, attainable. I'd like to meet him anyway. Uh, had lunch with him. Uh, yeah. Reached out, had lunch with him. He's big time here in town, nice guy. We hit it off. I'm like, the lunch hour is supposed to be an hour with his wife, went two hours. That's
0: fun.
1: And whether I do anything with him or not, I was like, he, I just wanted to be around him. And we hit it off. I was like, I just want to hang in your circle. You know, because he yeah. just seemed like he was just a wealth of information. We mm-hmm. thought about a lot of things. He's lived here in Austin a long time. We had a lot of commonalities. And it may not be anything, but it was right. just. It, when I when you meet a person like that, all of a sudden it's it's a two hour show or one, yep. it's supposed to be an hour show.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it
1: it my first podcast interview it ended up being two hours. We had yep. to break it up in two hours. And then Joe said, my partner goes, you know, Dave, that's uh, go get a transcript of that. I'm like, why the heck would anybody want to read 29 pages of a two hour show? Right. He goes, no, 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 that's a book. I'm like, what do you mean it's a book? Yeah. If you put five five by seven, put some photos in there break it up in paragraph a little bigger font you got a whole book and he was right that my first book on my website how to to raise one million dollars in two weeks or how i raise one million dollars in two weeks my first book it's on my website ebook
0: um
1: and that that was like i've always kind of wanted to do a book and then it was like it's just kind of
0: uh, okay i don't know you you just planted a seed in my mind now i love it well and i've actually been you know reading recently about like synchronicity and you know how you can really kind of you know, you can you can actually create things just by, you know, some people may say it's very woo-woo and all this, yeah. but you can really manifest your reality and you can sort of create the relationship you want and, and yeah. you know, have these hours long conversations, yeah. you know, while you're really just intending to, you know, sit for a few minutes and it's like, yeah. oh my gosh, we really yeah. hit it off. I didn't know how this happened, but yeah. it's about those intentions. It's about living with in a relaxed state and, you know, not yeah, overly yeah. stressing yourself, doing what you care do what you love, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so man, it's, it's so in line with me. I I love that. That's cool. That's good stuff. So what's, um, what's the biggest way that you elevate your life on a daily basis?
1: well you know you, you were talking about atomic habits that that's important I, I know that I need to get I need to have some structure when I wake up and have some structure I, I, it always happens that every day it's not always happening that way there's stuff yeah. going on gotta do something with my dog whatever there's something going on that could knock you out but I find if I can get if I can get a productive time you know it could be uh, exercising, it could be you know stretching, it could be getting your mind right, it could be planning, it could be. What the worst thing happens to me is I'll get up and I start answering emails. That that, oh, yeah. that you know, and all of a sudden it's ten defense. o'clock. Then it's yeah, then it's ten o'clock, and someone else is dictating your day. Then all of a sudden you start your meetings and phone calls come in, and all of a sudden it's you know later in the afternoon when you should have worked out, and now you're, you're kind of tired. You <laughs> like you know, do I really want to hit to the gym? And then, you know, the evening seems to be more disruptive. So um, I guess in my life, I've learned um, I, I love the morning time. Uh, I love when it's quiet uh, and, and I get a coffee and I can really kind of plug away. And the more times I get like that and to kind of, you know, I'll get up, I'll read, a, I'll read a, uh, I was we We're talking about the second mountain. I just, I'm going to read a chapter. I want to get up and I read a chapter before I read yep. an email. I'm going to do something for sure. me. I may I – put on some soft music and do some light stretching exercises and and then I grab my coffee and I read my chapter book have something for yourself you know doing something in the first part of the day for yourself Mm -hmm. um you know having a good breakfast whatever that routine is it doesn't have to be 10 routines don't go crazy but but get a couple routines um and I I have a much more better day when I know I've I've done these things for myself yeah if I look back on the days that I don't think I was very productive right I'm like I didn't exercise I didn't read mm-hmm. I I was just doing emails all day and I didn't get to the, my most important thing and there's another book is it it's gonna pop up on my book stand oh there is one last book I think is awesome a guy named Cal Newport wrote a book called Deep Work oh, Deep okay. Work yep this guy did amazing things in a short a period of time and what he did was he basically blocked out the morning it, you know he was trying to block out like eight eight to eleven and that was his that was his time every day. And he even had time at the end of the day to listen to a baseball game on the radio or, you know, it, it, you know, just do some crazy stuff that was just so like, why would he, you know, he's, he's got all this busy schedule, but he's got time to do all that stuff because he took care of his most important stuff in the morning. Mm. And he just blocked it out. There's, you know, Hal Enrod, there's lots of people that have those kind of concepts, but yeah. uh, to elevate your game, if you really are serious about it, I think you really got to take control of some amount of your time every day. The best is probably in the morning or, you know, find out in your life where yeah. you don't have a lot of, uh, of distractions of family family or stuff that could happen because otherwise you may have a series of days or weeks. We're not getting anything really done. You're like, you said, you're on the defense. I've just been answering emails. I've been scheduling stuff. I feel like I'm being productive, but I'm not taking that 20, the 20% of the stuff that creates 80% of my results. You know, the deep work, the, just find out what's the, the deep work. If you looked at your whole week year and you said, I, I, if I could just accomplish these two things, okay, well, that's what you should be doing every day for an hour or two just doing that right Mm -hmm. because whatever happens after that that's fine you got that taken care of it it just like you're not going to beat yourself up
0: right yeah I mean it's like what you're talking about is prioritizing your own growth as far as I'm concerned you know it's like prioritize your own life really Um, because if you don't no one else is going to do that for you you know uh, everyone else is going to take their own priority and put it to the top of your list if you if you don't block that off yourself
1: yeah that's huge and I guess the last thing we didn't talk much about, but I think is, is core. Anything that I do is partner with experts. So I've only got mm-hmm. so far with partnering with experts. Mm-hmm. So in anything that you want to do, there's experts have already done it. Uh, and, and and you can get there so much faster. Like if I, if I met Joe and said, you know, Joe, your training program is great. I'm going to go out and find a couple partners. Maybe some friends of mine have a little money. We're going to go do an apartment. I mean, we didn't analyze our skill sets. We'd be right for each other. there. And I made a decision to just join him. I'm like, this looks quite daunting for me to do it by myself. My investors, I don't want to fail my first deal. The lenders are going to look like I'm, you know, like, have you done a deal before? Why don't I just join someone who's done it? He's got all the credibility. He that, that many apartments. Maybe I had cut two or three under his belt. Let's just join and work with him. Uh, that got me, and they ended up doing so many deals. That got me fast out of the gate versus trying to do it on my own and thinking that, you know, I can just learn it out of a book or, you know, something like that.
0: I I mean, I heard something recently, it was like, you know, you've got to embrace at some point too paying your dues as well. It's like no matter where you are in your life, what what age you are, but there's always some, you've got to pay some dues. And if you say you want to, you know, if you want to be a syndicator, you know, there is a process to kind of get there. If you want to be whatever it is, you know, certainly I I love the thought of partnering with experts and getting there faster and smarter through doing that. Cause I mean, mm-hmm. you're going to make mistakes still, but you're going to make sure. a whole heck of a lot less if you yeah. do it the right way. That's yeah, a, absolutely. That's really and then they
1: also, they also often have connections for you. Yep. Uh, that would help you along your way. Um, yeah. It's just a smarter and a safer way to do it. So that's
0: with that I mean. said, how do you elevate others around you?
1: Wow. You definitely want to live a life of example. You know, I, your integrity is important. I always want to make sure I'm doing the right things in the right way. Uh, I have a team of people that, um, depend on me. I have a couple of people that just quit their jobs Man, that's an awesome responsibility. I have big paying jobs because they're like, Dave, I, I see what you're doing and you just taught me how to do it. And you know, we're working together and they're quitting their jobs and doing what I am loving and doing. Uh, you know, that, that to me is, is an awesome responsibility. So it makes me think a lot more. And the other day when our, when our assets went over hundred million dollars on our portal, I'm like, there's $120 million worth of investor capital given through Thompson Investing. That's awesome. and I'm thinking that's an awesome responsibility. So, mm-hmm. the more that we do, I guess the bigger that we get, whatever that means more investors, uh, more client partners that work with me, and I help them develop a business working with me all of those kind of things uh, make me appreciate, make me feel I'm grateful for what I'm doing. But also, um, you know, it keeps me more grounded in that, you know, I got to be smart about taking care of my health. I got to be smart about, mm-hmm. you know, taking care of my relationships, uh, every, you know, communication I have with investors. I don't want anything to, you know, my, what I'm putting out there in content, all of that stuff is magnified now. I'm not, mm-hmm. like, not a small fry out there. So I have an impact and, you know, you know, it just makes you feel you're more responsible, you know, and that you want to do the right thing. Uh, because you have more people watching yeah
0: mm-hmm. man there's uh there's been so much so much good stuff here i mean i could spend hours and hours and hours talking it's to you it's fun yeah oh my gosh <laughs> we got to cut uh, it off <laughs> i know but i i am curious to teasing. know with <laughs> that said do? do you have any parting thoughts or words of wisdom for elevate nation that we haven't really i know we've we could go so so deep for many more yeah. hours but i'm just curious you know what's a anything else that you would uh impart upon or embark upon elevate nation
1: well, I guess I, I we kind of just I, I'm I'm a little bit older from a standpoint of it took me a while to really figure it out, and I'm I have a daughter right now in high school. She's really smart, hard worker, and she's trying to figure out what she wants to do in college. And I was there, I did everything yeah. wrong in, in my twenties. I mean, I I went to five Same colleges. Here. I tried to play co- college baseball. Uh, I traveled around. I I uh, I changed majors three times. Uh, it took, I did two degrees and a master's. So from the time I was 18 to about 29 years old, <laughs> I was in school, trying different jobs, hotel, restaurant management, a law business, you name it. And when, at the end of my twenties, when I look back today, my twenties was the most tumultuous decade of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I'm trying to embark on her and when my oldest child, she, four years, she knew exactly computer science, four years at UT done working at Disney in California. But, and she's very creative. So she married up uh technical with creative. I said, that's a perfect company for you. But then I'm looking at my daughter, uh, Mia Sean, like Mia you know, just because it worked out for her at this point doesn't mean you know, look what dad did. Okay, dad 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 didn't you know, didn't even know you know, he met I met my wife when I was almost thirty. I got to graduate school. I got out of graduate school when I was twenty nine years old. I got my first real job when I was thirty. <laughs> Yeah, right, everyone's
0: <laughs> laughing but I'm a late I, bloomer but it's I was still- a late bloomer and then yeah. I
1: did 20 years I feel like maybe too long and then I'm in my 50s and I I found out what I really love to do. So, I yeah. guess my message to uh a lot of people are is don't give up on that um trying to find what you want to do. Um, mm-hmm. and a lot of the things I learned along the way, listen, it wasn't like I was in a corporate role and, and for 20 years and hated life. No, it
0: wasn't yeah, that. For sure. yeah. I
1: mean, I traveled all over the world. I, I, I met some incredible people. I've been, to, I've been to, I've been to Turkey. I've been to Brazil 40 times. I traveled. I mean, I was in a role that was like emerging markets. And then, so I, I went to some fascinating places. I, I, I worked with some really smart people. I had some really great projects. I learned a lot about skills along the way. Uh, like even when I had the issue with the, the wire fraud, I knew from experiences, you know, you gotta, the people who aren't affected, you gotta make sure that they are not gonna get drawn into this. <laughs> yeah. I know the people that were affected, we gotta fix it, and then we gotta come up with a resolution action plan. You know, all that came from yeah. the corporate world. And if mm-hmm. I didn't have that experience, I don't know. I might have just blew up. I may, I may have paid a million bucks. Who knows? Right. Um, but I know that these are a collection of experiences, not to get frustrated, but not to give up. And I always keep evolving, meeting people, asking questions. Um, but it, it happened for me later. And, uh, you know, I basically could probably retire from this business in a couple of years. And in five years, it, 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 it was a monster huge um, mm-hmm. you never know when you're going to be the Colonel Sanders and the Kentucky fried chicken recipe, you there know, you're you go. never going to be know when you're going to be grandma Moses and when you're eighties. So I guess for me, depending on where your listeners are, and If you have a lot of young listeners, I guess the message is, you know, don't get too hung out and strung out. Uh, if you haven't figured it out in your twenties, what's going on. Cause I, yeah. I just tell my daughter and like, just let it evolve just what's, what's interesting to you to take it from there. And, and, you know, she's struggling a little bit, kind of figuring that out. I know it's a stressful time. And then if you're older and you're burned out in your corporate career, don't think it's all it's over because you know, the best part of my life has really happened over the last three or four years because now I've created a lifestyle mm-hmm. uh, that that's awesome. And, and I'm loving what I'm doing and you know, it just happened a little bit later for me. That, that's all a no big deal. You
0: know? Yeah. And age is only a number. And you know, yeah, the, one of the I things about, our, um, I feel like this space, you know, just real estate in general, and, you know, all the limitless opportunities that that exists here is that, there's not a ton of average references for folks. So it's like, Oh, wait a minute. I I didn't hit the, you know, the expected Uh box. So now I'm missing it, you know? So I do think it's great to just have that other reference of, you know what? Dave has been able to do this in a different way. So everybody's path is going to be unique. And uh, man, your story is so much fun and you're so much fun. And I look forward to getting to know you for uh, (laughs) hopefully many, many more years. And It was awesome. Yeah, we just met
1: a couple months ago, right? So we did. It was awesome. But uh, look forward to staying in touch, Tyler. And thanks so much for the time. I hope Alyssa's got a few things out of it. And, um, you know, if they need to reach out, uh, you'll, you'll provide information, yep. right? Okay. Perfect. Yeah.
0: So, well, there. what I would say is that obviously, uh, you can find Dave at Thompson okay. com, and, yep. um, actually perfect. Dave has got a, uh, a pretty cool, uh, offer there. He's got a, uh, a book there. We, we were talking Hang on about one
1: second. Don't move. Yeah.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> got it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got riches in niches on <laughs> uh, Dave's website. So go to go to the Sorry. website there and check that out. It's a pretty cool book. And uh, Dave, like like I said, man, this has been so much fun. And uh, I want to thank Elevate Nation again for being here and listening to us. And hopefully, you you got a lot of uh, action items here. I want to I want to definitely encourage everybody who listened to to go back and rewind the show, play this again, and really kind of take notes. I mean, we we do have a transcript on the website as well. So go ahead and take a look at that. Um, But, you know, reach out to Dave and stay in contact with him. Uh, And, you know, at the end of the day, it is about sharing with other people. It's about giving the information, having the abundance mindset, um, teaching this to someone else, but taking massive action. What's one thing that you learned today that you can take massive action on? And, uh, you know, go ahead and do that and live the life that you were meant to live. And You know, until next time, thank you so much for listening. And Dave, thanks again for being here.
1: Thanks, Tyler. Had fun. Enjoyed it. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks, everybody.
0: Thank you for listening to Elevate. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and pay it forward by sharing with a friend. Most importantly, take this opportunity to elevate your results by taking immediate action on what you learned. For more, visit tylerchesser.com.